Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited that you are listening to this episode. We are back to two episodes a week, baby, and I am so excited about it. Took me a while to get back to this point. I don't know why it took me so long. (laughs) Took me a few weeks, but that is okay. And I am happy to be producing this much again for you. If you're new here, this is a place where I talk about health and wellness and biohacking. We talk a lot about women's health and kind of women's biohacking for sure. And also things like preconception, pregnancy, postpartum, menopause, all those good things. And I am just so thrilled to be able to have some of my friends on my podcast every now and then. And today is one of those episodes. So I have Kristen Weitzel on. And we met at the biohacking conference in June. And she is also somebody that I have just been connected with on social media for quite a long time. I would argue like there's probably, I don't know, maybe 10 to 20 of us, maybe it's more than that now, I don't know, that are kind of in this female health optimization space. And we all kind of have our own platforms and specialties within the space. And it's really cool when we get to do these podcast episodes or we get to meet in person at conferences and collaborate because we're just so like-minded. And so today's episode is very similar along those lines. And we talk a lot about women's biohacking. We talk a lot about women's wellness and the misconceptions in this space, what we'd like to see, where we think it's going, where biohacking began. And it's it's a very interesting episode for sure. And then we get into Kristen's expertise, which is in the cold and breath work space. She has so much experience in this space. She works with clients. She has just really moved the narrative around these two modalities forward quite significantly. And it was awesome to just kind of hear her two cents and what she thinks. And what she recommends. And as somebody who loves to do, you know, cold showers or cold plunges or, you know, breath work in different ways, it was awesome to just kind of sit down with her and chat and hear what she has to say. So enjoy this episode. I think you're going to get a lot from it. And a shout out to Bioptimizers. I love Bioptimizers, especially their magnesium. I feel like this time of year, Magnesium is probably one of the most important minerals that we can be taking. A lot of us are overworked and overstimulated and stressed. And maybe we came off the holidays and maybe the holidays weren't like actually relaxing or as relaxing as we thought they were going to be. And magnesium can really make a difference in that space. So I take magnesium every single day. I have all of my family members taking it at least one a day. If you're somebody who is dealing with things like constipation, muscle cramping, you can't sleep at night, you have racing thoughts, anxiety, you have a lot of stress, chances are your magnesium levels are low. Most people in North America have low magnesium levels. It's very low due to our food quality and our lack of magnesium in our soil as well. Our soil is quite depleted, right? It's not as nutrient rich or mineral rich as it was 
you know, 40, 50 years ago. And that is due to monocropping, which I've done an episode on, but essentially monocropping is where there's one field and there's one crop that is dedicated to that one field. So like think of like a corn field. There's only corn that grows there. So that soil that's underneath that corn has the mineral composition that is prime, prime, arguably maybe not prime for that corn versus having a regenerative farm where there's multiple things grown in the same place in different seasons. So therefore that soil is much more nutrient rich and mineral rich because it's grown multiple types of things like plants, flowers, bushes, whatever it is. And therefore, in our food, it is reflective in the food. So the food is more nutrient-rich and it's more minerals. But we don't really see that as much anymore. And so now our food is lacking in minerals. And that is why supplements are so important and high-quality supplements. So I like bio-optimizers. I trust them. They have been on my show several times. And they are somebody that I will always rely on. And I don't have to worry about fillers or extra things added, or what's the capsule made out of, or what type of magnesium is it? Since since it's a full-spectrum magnesium, it has all seven types of magnesium in it. I don't have to worry about which one do I need for which issue that I'm having today. So it kind of covers all my bases, and I really think all of us should be on a magnesium supplement, and I recommend theirs. I think it's the best. And if you use my discount code BIOHACKINGBRITTANY in all capitals, you get the biggest discount possible. So please do that. It's linked in my show notes and on my website. And a shout out to my course that is launching in February. It is launching to all of the people who are on the wait list only. Publicly, it will likely launch in March. And I would really get on the wait list. This is my preconception health course This is designed for optimizing preconception in today's world. And if you join the waitlist, you get $100 off the course, which is significant. And I just released that a couple of weeks ago. And so I really, really suggest you get on that. This is for anybody who is prepping their bodies to get pregnant sometime this year or next year, or you know somebody who is, or you know somebody who's struggling with fertility issues. Maybe they've been trying for a couple of years. Maybe they are about to do IVF, things like that. This is for them. It is a very holistic approach. It has got biohacking woven all into it everywhere. And it's all about how do you prep your body before you start trying to conceive for you and for both of you, for like the man and the woman, because there's so much you can do to improve egg quality. There's so much you can do to improve sperm quality. And I think it is an injustice to not take time to prep your body and optimize your health before trying to conceive because studies have shown that the more, the healthier you are before you start trying to conceive, the better your outcomes are, like the more successful you are at conceiving, the healthier your pregnancy, the healthier your birth outcomes, the healthier the baby as well. So I suggest you get on that wait list, send it to your friends, whoever popped in your mind when you just heard this, who's like, oh yeah, they could actually really use that. Send that to them. Let them get the $100 off. This will only, <laughs> this is the only time I will ever, ever offer that steep of a discount. And it's because it's the early bird discount and I'm looking for feedback. And I know there's been people on the wait list for a long time. So 
I just want to honor everybody on there. And enjoy this podcast episode today. I will be publishing another one on Tuesday. We publish every Tuesday and Friday. And you can join my newsletter, which there's like over 10,000 of you on there now. So that's really fun. I post a lot of fun things on the newsletter. Like I do a section on like biohacking in the news and I link to any biohacking articles that have come out this week that I think are worth checking out. And I, yeah, just link to a bunch of different things that I, I think are relevant and enjoy this. And I will catch you next week for another one. Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. Thank you for tuning in this week. This is an episode that is long overdue with a fellow female biohacker friend of mine, Kristen Weitzel. I have been following her on Instagram and we have been connected on social media for quite a while now. And this is one of those episodes that we planned to do so many months ago and then life happened. But here we are in the new year doing it and I am so excited about it. She is a health and high performance maven. She is a certified fitness trainer and a prominent figure in the global breathwork and cold exposure space. So we're going to get all into that and female biohacking. So Kristen, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be here with you 2024 and beyond. And uh, likewise, I think we've been attached and in the same circles for quite some time and I remember like signing up for your newsletter so many eons ago and just being that there was like more women in the space. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I'm curious if you have any goals specifically for this year, like health or wellness goals that you have, have thought about and you're kind of working towards. Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting. I think there's this notion of the big January push and the goal setting thing. And the, and I really just like to like continue to set a new standard for what I may be doing and then trying to hold that standard is enough. I think there's enough either momentum in it, but also work to do that. But that's really, that's really where I, I, I keep my energy. But that being said, I think in the midst of it, I have a, a really strong notion, like I was just mentioning to you before we got on the record button, that moving in and out of a van and my van life and some like breakdown of my water system and the freezing weather, like it's sort of the universe has continued to push me this year and really to stabilize in and slow down. And I'm hearing that a lot from my clients and maybe your listeners are feeling that vibe too, just really focusing on what's important, creating boundaries, saying no a few more times than maybe we did last year and slowing down, like almost go slow to go fast, you know? I actually just posted about that recently. I I can really relate to that, especially I find in the winter, I kind of get into that mode where I just like things to be a little slower and a little less on my plate so that it's almost like just very seasonal. And I, like I live in a place that there are very prominent seasons. So could be why I'm not sure how, what Austin is like, but it's almost like in the winter, I like to reflect more and take time for myself more. And then in the spring and the summer, I feel like this surge of energy and I just apply it to my life and my business and, and everything like that. Yeah, that's very true. And I think it's so interesting when you're talking about it and it's like having this conversation with another female fellow biohacker and coach. It's like the seasons of the year, how they sort of like track against sort of the seasons of our monthly cycle and even our life cycle for women who aren't in their reproductive years anymore and how intuition is the thing that was never talked about in the beginning 
at a lot of the biohacking conferences and shows, it was very like science and tech and relay therapy and pitcher balls and advice and testosterone or whatever. And, and there's a, you know, a piece of it that is important to be like, how am I feeling intuitively and what level of self awareness do I have in my body and my brain to be able to steer the ship with that? Yeah. I, I've thought about that a lot and I same like very similar to what you're saying. I've, struggled with it, to be honest, in the beginning. Because in the beginning, I was very focused on my metrics and my data and my numbers. So, you know, like a lot of us have the aura ring. And I always use this as an example of, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and I would check my aura ring score and I'd be like, okay, this is what it's recommending for my workout today. Like how many calories I should burn today. And this is my sleep score. Okay. So this is what I'm going to do versus how do I feel and what do I actually feel like doing today? Like, do I actually feel like hopping on my Peloton or do I want to do yoga? And I got so wrapped up in the data for a while there that I actually took a month off of tracking anything because I felt like this really strong call to just be intuitive with my body and do a reset. And I was like, this has gotten out of hand. And I I just had to turn everything off for, for a full month. Yeah. And that's, I think it's such a smart decision to do, especially after like there's a season for everything in general. And I think we've, a lot of us have seen that with the aura or with the, with the, I'm just about to go into a season though, where I'm going to have like, right now I just put on a new Garmin yesterday and then I have like a bio strap coming to do. I'm doing a lot of like testing with research companies and like trying things out around emotional nervous system, either well-being or awareness, because it's so in my vertical, it's like the breath and the cold and so I'm like, okay, I've been, I took off my aura ring for about six to eight weeks. I was just tracking some tinnitus and trying to be like anything with EMF. How do I just get rid of it for now and see if there's any improvement? It doesn't really feel like it was anything to do with the aura ring. I put it back on, but yeah, I'm just about to roll into what I think. And I'm, I'm actually excited about it because it's probably been a good six to 10 months since I was like, I mean, I'm always tracking something, but since I was like, really feeling like biohackery about and enthusiastic about that. So yeah, I always encourage people to like pulse it or make it a seasonal thing or, you know, give some space for not having to be um, absolutist. Like what's my dad telling me I am as a human? Yeah. There's like a line where it becomes obsessive and that is kind of what scared me a little bit and why I had to take a step back and it doesn't mean you can't go back to it and you don't love the tech and the data. It just means like there has to be an interplay between data and intuition. And the more you learn about your body and yourself, like the better you'll be able to get at balancing that and really seeing that. Yeah. 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 For sure. How did you originally get to biohacking in the first place? Like, were you into health and wellness first and then you found biohacking or how did that happen? I was in. It goes back a lot of years now. It's like I was around when that when Dave was a bulletproof executive and then sort of coined the term biohacking in the beginning. I was like following him adamantly then. And I like started, I was a dancer for a lot, a lot of years as a, a young woman and then or like child to young woman. And then I really got fascinated with like the way people were eating and dancing. And I saw a lot of people with body dysmorphia, a lot of women under eating. And I was like, I like food. If I'm going to like keep dancing ballet, um, how can I navigate the food system and what's nourishing to get better at the sport, if you, you know, if you will, and also be able to eat what I like or be able to eat something, right? And so I started getting curious. I was like the 18 year old kid with like a juicer 
in high school where people were like, you're a weirdo. And then I was like the butter coffee girl in my corporate jobs. People were like, you're even weirder. You're <laughs> yeah. going to die. And I just, it really it started with this book called Clean from Younger. And then I became a Mark Sisson just advocate, took his coaching program and the Primal Paleo movement kind of took me to Dave. And I was always very lucky enough to have a partner for, I was with someone for about 12 years who's very much into the health, the health landscape for his own life. And, and he was like an aggregator researcher, Princeton grad, like tech guy. And he would just comb through information that I quite frankly didn't want to comb through. I would have, but you know, and he'd like, I'd come home for dinner and he'd be like, I spent two hours today doing this thing. And I'm summarizing it for you over the dinner table. And it was just like having a, it was like having AI, but, but in a partner, it was so cool. So yeah, so I felt like I learned, you know, a bit down and dirty, but also pretty fast and feverishly. I was, I was interested in it. And, you know, you, you probably saw it as well. It was like a lot of, a lot of white guys and me in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. 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 I so much love. Like, so I love a white guy, you know, I love all men. I love all people. They're like, just, in the beginning, I was like, this is, feels like I, cause I was in a corporate job launching brands. Like I launched Red Bull in the United States and I was working in, in spirits and beverage and consumer packaged goods and, and really having some fun. But also all the while I was like taking all these certifications in nutrition and fitness and whatnot. And that just wasn't paying the bills at that point yet while I was learning. And in my corporate job, it was a very big boys club in beverage and consumer packaged goods. And so I was like, fuck, I'm leaving this one segment. And I'm wanting to be in this other one, but I just don't feel like I fit in or I don't, you know, I don't know how to course correct. And, you know, Dave, Dave would always say that his audience has always been like heavily female, not predominantly, but heavily female. And I just, I don't know if that was true in the early years, but certainly more and more now, of course, look at how many beautiful women we know in the circles of a health optimization world. So, yeah, mine's pretty similar. Like I, I joined the biohacking movement, I think it was 2018 and it was in those early days of bulletproof. I'm buying all the supplements. I'm putting butter in my coffee. I started intermittent fasting every day, not understanding the negative side effects of overdoing it, like all the things. And very, very similar experience of looking around and only seeing older white men and being like, oh, like we don't live the same life. Like we are very different. And I'm just following everything you say, but we're very different. So, how does that make sense? And it, it took a while and it's better now, as you said, it's much better now because it's better. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so much better. And I think it took a a year or so after that. And, and I think Dave coined the term in like 2012 or 2013 in that, in in his book about it. And then I don't know, whenever he always says it got into the dictionary as an official term, but it's, it's like, yes, it was, it was lots of like, cryo people dying in cryo chambers and needle usage. And by needle usage, I just mean, you know, people are injecting stuff and, it it was so sensationalized in the beginning. And, you know, I think you may have had these moments as well, but I was like, I'm doing all this stuff. And if it's wrong, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. You know, like reading it all and knowing and seeing that most of the bodies and most of the protocols, the bodies in the research and most of the protocols laid out were really stacked for men. And I was always so thankful that I had fitness, like a yoga teacher for eight years, but I started to learn breath work fitness training, you know, anything from dance, cardio and spin, but I was strength and an understanding of having strength and conditioning in some way, shape or form in my life was always pretty present. And maybe that came from like wanting to be stronger or more powerfully explosive as a, as a ballet dancer or tap dancer or whatever. But it's like, 
I'm so thankful to have that because I think along the way, a lot of the reasonable people, and I don't mean they're the biohacking health optimization people are unreasonable. They're just very early adopters typically of new tech and tools and protocols, even if it's like re, you know, resurfacing ancient modalities. And these, this crew was like really crossing over to like the fit where the fitness guys are. The fitness guys would say to you, like I was on John Welburn's podcast, Power Athlete, and, and he's down in here in Texas a couple of times. And just like, he's always like, I don't know what you biohackers fucking think. Like we've been doing this since the dawn of time. It's all it's ever was. Like just pick up some heavy shit, you know, like, and it's beautiful. He's like an ex NFL pro baller. Like he knows what he's talking about. And there's this weird divide. And sometimes with, the males maybe in all of the health space but like what I really noticed was like the fitness people were always there to kind of be a divining rod like maybe don't go far too far off the deep end or like checking in and being like Kristen that's cool red light therapy when no one was talking about it really and then being like is there some science or like we you should get some more research on that so that I was like that's how I found Sarah Turner in the early days and I made her share this file with me of like it's a thousand studies on animal and human models of all the red light therapy studies and it's like over a thousand now she keeps a running file but and I was like okay let me go through these studies and look and like that's you know there is something about us fact checking as well as following people that we, we we know like and trust and and I think that that's what's so interesting about health optimization and then pairing it with like the divining rod of these fitness all these like strength and conditioning crew that I knew and then having biohacking kind of be like reverse engineer into fitness, right? So like that is all kind of converged now, but it was felt, felt very bucketed off. January is here. Can you believe it? How are you doing with your new year's goals and resolutions? Mine are pretty easy to focus on my well-being. And we all know that the foundation of well-being is a good night's sleep. So if I could do just one thing to improve my sleep and overall well-being, it is taking the number one mineral for that which also helps me personally on so many levels, I can't even fully describe it. Yes, I'm talking about magnesium. Actually, I'm talking about that magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers. This product has seven different types of magnesium in it, which is involved in over 300 enzymatic reactions in the body. Pretty much every function in your body gets upgraded when you take magnesium, from the quality of your sleep, to your brain function, to your mood, metabolism, stress levels, everything. And let's face it, even if your 2024 resolution is not to focus on your health, as it is mine, how are you really going to be able to achieve your goals if you're not sleeping well and if you're stressed out? You honestly need magnesium. So get the Bioptimizers Full Spectrum Magnesium. It is my favorite. I take one every single day. And you can go to my website with it, which is bioptimizers.com slash biohackingbrittany and use my discount code biohackingbrittany to get the biggest discount possible, which I'm super excited for you. So that's bioptimizers.com slash biohackingbrittany and my code is biohackingbrittany as well. And that will get you a big discount off of magnesium and all of their other products as well. So enjoy that, and I hope your New Year's resolutions and goals are going well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I I can definitely see that it's. I think biohacking is kind of like seeped into multiple places now, like you said, like whether it's fitness or nutrition or supplements or anything like that. And it's cool to kind of think of it from that perspective of 
how do we optimize this area? Like, we don't necessarily want to be in the gym five days a week, an hour a day. Okay, so what can we do for 20 minutes that is going to optimize me as a female at this age versus somebody who's like older and I don't know, like a male or whatever the, the situation is, right? So it's like, how do we optimize it, but also personalize it as well? And I really, that's what I love about the space that we're in now. And I don't think it was like that in the beginning. But I'm curious when you're working with your clients and you're, and you're guiding people in this biohacking space, what are the women kind of saying to you about biohacking? Are they interested in it? Or is it like you have to originally like explain what biohacking is? Like, how does that kind of go? It's kind of both in, in the sense of I still think more women are like, uh, I kind of heard the word, but it's off putting to me than, than, than anything else. Definitely. Some women I'm working with now will have found me through biohacking or like I was on a podcast last week with a woman overseas and, and she does like a, a, this beautiful podcast on like introverts and on how to be introverted and be powerful and in the business world and whatnot. And so it was the ambitious introvert is her podcast. And she was like, I, she, she would have never found me if it wasn't for biohacking. She was just like, I'm all into biohacking. And I kept looking for someone who looked like me and I was seeing not enough women. And so she has sort of like, you know, found two or three women that she's like, I want to get on the podcast to share more about how we're navigating these different spaces, especially as an introvert in some cases, you know. So I think women are wanting to know more about the term. I I don't like turn away or shy away from the term biohacking. Many people, men and women, whoever, people will be like, nah, fuck that term. I'm not interested. It's like, it's here. It's not going anywhere. We keep hearing it over and over again. It's so, it's so much more in the mainstream now. Like, you know, Hollywood actresses and on and on it goes. People are just like biohacking, hashtag biohacking. Like sometimes <laughs> I'm thinking like a little off put, like someone's, you know, I don't know. You'll see something on social that's just really, who am I to say if it's biohacking or not? But it'll be like making a peanut butter sandwich and they're like biohacking. It's just, I'm like, does anybody even know what we're talking about anymore? Or is it just like an on-trend term? And then, and then plenty of women don't really like, I don't say they don't acknowledge it. They may say, some of my clients will be like, this is my biohacking coach and they embrace it. And then other one, other women are just like, this is my health coach. And we're just working to like optimize my well-being. or just not interested in the, the semantics of it. So yeah, it's like, it's about knowing my audience and just getting them the tools, right? Getting them the low-hanging fruit, getting the tools, examining what their specific bio-individual case is, and then layering in the things that are going to make the, the biggest changes effectively and efficiently. I think that's fair. I think, yeah, I have very similar opinions of I know there are some people who don't necessarily like the word biohacking, but at the end of the day, I don't think it matters. Yeah. And you can say like health optimization, go for it. It basically means the same thing. It's just more of a mouthful. And so I just kind of stick with biohacking or I guess say both. I think the word biohacking in itself sounds very masculine, like the letters that are used in it. And so I think that's kind of why it's a little off-putting for some women versus like self-care or wellness. And you're like, and like, I see these people online, like same thing, like all of these girls talking about like their aura ring scores. And I'm like, okay, this is biohacking, but like, we'll call it wellness. It's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah, long as know, you're doing it's it. so interesting that even just the way like that, the way that you like phrase that in a sense that it's just like, this is biohacking. People may hate the word, but what's interesting to me is like, it's, it's, stopped people in their tracks enough it was like maybe it was on the fringe and the bleeding edge enough for a while but the word stops people in their track track enough to listen whereas if we talk about health and wellness like even when you mark it down ads in your marketing it's like 
health and wellness is a landscape that's way too big to market to. You can't be like just health and wellness. It's so overused those terms, especially in female circles. And like, and then you look at women's health and that people see women's health and everyone, including females are like, that's boring. It's just going to be, you know, some doldrum of some thing I'm not interested in. And trying to refresh it. I, I I wish there was a word in the middle or something new. Like I think that it, it's done its job, the term to be, you know, have a little scandal edginess. There's <laughs> people that be like, oh, what's that mean? Let's talk more about it. I sat down with Natalie Ellis in the early days of her podcast. Um, she's the boss babe, the founder of boss babe. And she was like, well, tell me what's biohacking and what's all the stuff that you're doing. Right. And then, and then we all come full circle as like a community of women where it's like years later and she's like all in on that and, and now having a baby and trying to keep herself healthy. And it's just beautiful to see that again, like you said, whatever you call it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. Do you think there are other misconceptions that people might have, women or not, about the biohacking space and the biohacking world? Yeah, I think that there's a little bit of like stigma. Some of it is like, oh, super nerds or what have you. I think also there's in the biohacking community itself, we feel like the whole world is doing this stuff and we're, we haven't even scratched the surface. And that's, you know, we're doing a lot of, in my opinion, we go to these conferences and even once I like, I'll go, I've spoken at all the big conferences for the most part or worked with them or done, you know, breath work or cold exposure at them. And it's even in leading so much in the space, sometimes I'm like, I'm preaching to the choir. The people now who even are attending this are already bought in. How do I get to other segments? You know, how do I get to other people? I'm speaking at a few different conferences this year that are just like out of that landscape. And like a few years ago, I went and did work with Wild Health at their sort of on site for their team and their, their whole, like their inner circle, if you will. It's like very different kinds of people and doctors and medical. But that was really beautiful because they were trying to stretch to be like more biohacking and more really talking about rewilding lives in nature, as well as some of the tools that existed. And those are the, those can be the most refreshing conferences if you go with an open mind to have conversation, because of course, there'll always be some person who's called, Hey, I'm going to call bullshit on this thing that you have. Let me talk about it. Or I don't understand the, and, and at wild health, at least it was like, I was like talking about amp coil with a guy who was talking about the Tesla coil and like, you know, bioenergetics and like there's conversations that are really rich and beautiful and like this convergence of, of the, our, let's just say our two worlds, but there's so many more of those worlds, right? It's like I did a presentation for the women auto collision, people who own like auto collision centers that are females. And it's like you get, you get 50 women and to talk in that room and you can change so much about how they're doing self-care because they're not getting access to these conversations. I took my breath and cold exposure, stripper breath and cold is the, the one brand that I have that I do breath work and cold exposure for performance athletes and for teaching instructors how to be, you know, coaching these modalities, facilitating in circles with breath work and cold exposure or ice baths in a way that is safe and effective and just like well fueled. And I took these practices to 50 dancers and this beautiful choreography duo who does all the choreography and creative direction for Kim Petrus and, and just leaned into 50 dancers understanding in a weekend how they can breathe better for live performances. You know, how they, they're, they're, they're this is the creative directors for Ariana Grande. Like this, no joke. And it's like, how can we treat but they're underserved. Like, I, I know it sounds like, well, Ariana Grande's famous. It, Ariana Grande's not there. It's all a lot of her dancers, her choreography, creative direction team, people who aspire to work with her. 
And they get a chance to learn and apply breath and cold tools to change their lives, how they perform their stress, their anxiety, and how they see themselves in the mirror. How do we get to more of these communities so that we can, yeah, so we can shake the trees and be like, cool, let's get, it's not just us preaching to the choir five years, six years, I've been speaking at conferences now, and it's like, beautiful. And I see all my friends, it's like old home week. So sometimes I think, or, or now is the time for us to branch out. When I was looking to prep my body for conception, I was looking to do some sort of cleanse or program in order to become as healthy as I could. I understood that there was a lot I could do to improve egg quality. I knew there was a lot my husband could do to improve sperm quality. And I searched online and found very little. And I was surprised because I really wanted to take a proactive approach to conception pregnancy and birth. I didn't want to go down the rabbit hole of randomly starting to try to conceive and then not be successful and then try to do all of these random hacks and be healthy and go at it from a scarcity mindset. I really wanted to be proactive and preventative. And so in response to what I didn't see I have created my own course of everything that I have done, I have helped my clients with, and I can help you with as well. This is my course called Baby Steps. It is the preconception health course designed for you to be successful in getting pregnant today in today's world. It has everything that I did for my 90-day cleanse, which is 90 days of really small, healthy habits every single day for you and your partner that help you optimize your health and help you with those parameters that I talked about, about improving them. Things like sperm quality, egg quality, and everything like that. Even regulating ovulation and really just setting you up so that you can be as healthy as possible. In my course, I talk about the biohacks that help with conception and fertility. Things like sauna therapy, castor oil packs, acupuncture. I also talk about the right nutrition in this time. As a nutritionist, I have a lot of experience in this space. I talk about the right supplements and what to look for and exercise and workouts and sleep and stress management and lifestyle. And then I also talk about toxins and how do we detox our home and our products and and how do we how do we ultimately become the healthiest versions of ourselves before we start trying to conceive? Or if we have already started trying, how can we still get healthy and create better outcomes and more success? So that is what Baby Steps is. I am so excited to be launching it. And I recommend you get on the waitlist ASAP. If you join the waitlist for this course, you get $100 off. That is so significant. And that is the biggest discount I will ever offer on this course. It is the early bird course discount and it will never come again. And so I'm so happy to see hundreds of you on that wait list and you will all get that $100 off. The course is going to launch in February for all of the people on that list. You will also get early access and then it will be launched publicly later afterwards, likely in March or April. So if you're hearing this and you're like, hey, I kind of want to get pregnant this year, maybe next year, you need to get on that waitlist ASAP. Or if you're hearing this and thinking, oh, I know somebody who, who could actually really benefit from that, 
they popped into my mind when you were talking about this. Send the link to them, allow them to get on the list and just have access to this because it is going to be a game changer and we need more people talking about preconception health and being proactive about our health in general. So that's Baby Steps. It's launching and I am so excited about it and cannot wait for all of you to get your hands on it. I love that. I love that so much. And that's so encouraging just to think about how far our reach can go. And I I think something that was really beneficial that I learned when I went to the biohacking conference in June, I think it was June, I met a bunch of the women in this space and everybody has their own expertise and passion, right? So it's like we all care about biohacking, but we apply it or there's a certain modality within it that we love. And that was really cool and interesting because a lot of the things that people are experts in, I am not an expert in. So even like talking with you, you're an expert at cold exposure. I am definitely not. And so it's so cool for you to be like, okay, how do I take this expertise and apply it to a population that isn't hearing this same narrative day in and day out? And I think that makes a lot of sense. I would love for you to quickly plug the conferences that you're speaking at this year, because I'm super curious what you think is kind of worth going to for 2024. Yeah, it's like not great because I don't like the one in LA. <laughs> I don't remember the name of it. It's more of a medical community. Okay. <laughs> they just extended it to four days. I can pull and then and, and chat with. I think doing anything with wild health is always great. I'll be at some of the old standbys. You know, I will go to the biohacking conference and now it's in Dallas, it's nearby and I will go there. The challenge with that also is like there's this thing where the biohacking conference is the same week as KetoCon and that's like the whole, you know, choose your own adventure. Do you go back and forth? Do you not? Like, how is that? I work with a bunch of brands and so that will be an interesting challenge for all of us to kind of skate when that happens. I don't, and I don't know about people, if anyone's doing things overseas. I I tend to think that the ones that are like a bit more changing life and destiny or the ones that are, I just went to A4M. It was really interesting to be there. I think it's not very biohacker friendly in the sense of like your own self care. It's not there. Of course, there's a ton of things to see and people to meet, but it's because it's 4,000 people plus and vendors and all of it. It's like in a, they're moving, they said they're moving it next year. So to go to a different location, but in Vegas in 4,000 people in like a junk light ridden, you know, ballroom. It's just not. I didn't like that part. I didn't feel great about that. It's not like I didn't love the, the show. It's just, I, it, it's awful for your health. And that's just uh, ironic to me. I think Health Optimization Summit does a good job of trying to put it in a venue that's a bit more like getting some light from the sky, light and the air and, and, and paying attention. I know the guys in Finland at Biohacker Summit always do a great job about varying the venue and having outdoor stuff. So I think some of those biohacking conferences I re- especially the one in Finland, like overseas, they do a couple extended, like smaller one or two day events. I did one in Amsterdam last year. I think those are really great because you also get an international perspective. So it's like if you're going to, sure, you want to go to one or two big ones this year that are the biohacking shows great. But I think even on the rise of plant medicine, it's another one in Vegas, it's like the whole plant medicine community. Um, yeah, I'll send you a list of the four or five of them that names are all escaping me right now. But like it's it's nice to branch out and start to see what's touching the health landscape, but isn't, isn't holistically. And then, and then random things come up. We're, we're not so random in some cases, I guess, for the women's collision 
network called me and women in collision and said, come and do a presentation at our, you know, for our crew. And then having, I'll have a lot of corporate chains call me when they're doing their like kickoff meetings or they're doing their like opening or they're doing their, if they're doing a gathering to be able to come in and do breath and cold. And that starts sort of the spinning or the landscape is open then to be like, Hey, what else could we talk about? Versus like, you know, doing a weight loss challenge. Cause there's, there's always HR departments that are wanting to support their staff, but they don't know how. And I'm like, Hey, how do we get, you know, standing desks in here or ways for people to breathe and just understand that it's like five minutes. They can change their, their whole day and how they feel. So I think that's what we need to weave is a bit more into the corporate culture. People are not feeling great about themselves these days. Absolutely. Yeah. The, I talked about this this week on my podcast episode earlier that the way that we have set up Western society with work culture is very much not in tune with our health and how we should be treating our bodies day in and day out. And so, especially for all those corporate, you know, women and men out there who maybe do have to go to an office and work, you know, eight to six, whatever their hours are, how do you apply biohacking to that? Like realistically, like how do you do it? What if you don't have the funds to buy your own stand-up desk? Like how do we, how do you understand, okay, this is, this is how I navigate this. This, these are easy, free biohacks I can do that are going to make me healthier. I remember a friend, I used to live in this house with a bunch of people when I was younger. And this guy was working at a firm and he was like bottom of the totem pole. I think we were like 23 at the time. And he was super into health and wellness. And, you know, we, we couldn't afford anything really back then. But every time he would go to the bathroom afterwards, he would do either 10 push ups or 10 squats. And he's like, this is just helping. It's just helping with blood flow. It's helping with my cardiovascular system. It's helping me feel more energetic. And he's like, I notice a big difference. And so it's just kind of teaching people simple things like that that can actually make a big difference that don't really cost an arm, arm and a leg, especially if you have restrictions on what you can do. Yeah, I love that. I love that mostly because of some clients when they tell me they don't have time to work out in that day or this or that, I always have them do bathroom breaks, meaning I always think they're sitting at their desk like, I'm not going to pee because I don't want to have to go do this, but I make them do wall sits after they go to the bathroom or I make them do squats. You know, like I, I give them a list of a few things they can do when they have to, when you get up and go to the bathroom, which if you're drinking the right water and adhering to how much water we're talking about, you should get in. It's going to be a few times a day to get those things in are really, yeah. And it doesn't look microdosing fitness. Like that's what a jock um, who runs sirens and Titans in Los Angeles, Dr. Vore, he wrote a great book called maximum overload. I think that's what it's called. He, he talked about it as microdosing fitness. You can do five minutes of fitness, you know, 10 times in a day and get 50 minutes in. So you don't have to even like, you could kind of break it flat, but like, you're also not really going to go so hard that, you know, and you can still build muscle and, more energy and take care of yourself that way. So just what, how you want to slice it. I like to get up and slice it by like going for it for 45 minutes or whatever. But then that's just for me to set up my day because I get quickly, I can get glued to the computer. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that microdosing fitness. That's a really cool concept. I work from home. So honestly, I think I go to the bathroom and pee like every hour. <laughs> I I also just drink so much water. And so I don't understand people who only go a few times during their workday. And then we actually, I was thinking about this this morning. We are moving to a house and we've been in apartments and now we're 
we're moving to a small town, you know, lots of reasons, but backs onto the forest. And a big thing for me was like, kind of like what you were saying earlier, like EMF radiation, pollution from light, all of these things were a big choice in the decision that we made of where to go. And we're moving to a house with stairs. Obviously there's stairs at the house. And well, I guess it's a three floor house, like basement two at the top. But I was thinking, I was like, I wonder how much more activity I'm going to have in a day now from going from a single floor apartment to living in a three bedroom house, three floor house. Like, I wonder if someone has calculated that online somewhere that says the average person burns this many more calories per year when you live in a house that has stairs. Because I just think, I don't know, I'm just curious. I don't know if you know anything about that, but I'm just like thinking about how my fitness level is going to go up in a good way. And I'm like excited for it. Yeah, I mean, I can only say to you that I lived in a fifth floor walk up in New York City when you could get you could always get a couple hundred bucks less on your rent if you lived in a walk up. And I lived in a fifth floor walk up on Christopher Street in the West Village It was like some of the time of my life. And it was like, if I was bringing groceries home, if I was like, it was just, you know, and I was like, okay, this is the workout of the day in LA. Even I, I lived in a I had a I lived in a building that was three stories, all stairs. No, there's no reason to kind of have an elevator in there. And I would do all my ice plunges and run all my clients through cold on the roof. And so I'd have to get, sometimes I was like lucky enough to have enough clients in a row to get an ice delivery. But usually it was like driving to the 99 cent store, getting all the ice and then bringing three, four, 500 pounds of ice up and down three flights of stairs. And I was like, workout of the day. <laughs> so I think that, I think this is the short answer. I mean, I don't know what the stats are on it, but I bet you that it's real that people are going to get more steps and more you know, health benefits from living in that, in that environment. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up cold therapy because this is something that I definitely want to dive into. And I talk a lot about in, you know, the limited knowledge that I have and my limited experience, but I'd love for you to share how you got to cold therapy. Like, was it from just being in the biohacking space and then you started doing it and then you felt the benefits and now you teach others or like what kind of happened there? Yeah, it sort of felt like, I mean, the cryo was kind of like floating around and it felt like in a very separate vertical in some way. I think I, I had this conversation on a podcast recently. I haven't talked about a lot, which is just like going to a birthday party at my friend Rebecca when I was 11 in school. And I was like, I'm a night owl because whether that's true or not. And my dad was like, I'm a night owl. So then you learn as a kid, like, I'm a night owl too. I'm going to be like my dad. But I went to this party. And I said to her, I hate getting up for school in the morning. It's like, not even that I don't like school. I just hate getting up. I'm so groggy, whatever. And she's like, I've been trying this thing lately where I splash cold water on my face. And it helps me wake up. And and for a year after she, I was like, I'm going to try it. Like, I just, it's so hard. I mean, just try anything. And I would like go into the bathroom and I'd splash cold water on my face. And that never connected the dots to like me getting in an ice bath now, really, until now I look back being like, I thought to myself recently, when was the first time that you that you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that cold physiologically shifted you? And that would be like the first moment is that year. And then later on, I was doing a lot of Korean spas, Russian Turkish bathhouse, shout out to Boris in New York City, all these places and like interesting cultural crossover in some of these and getting in cold and not knowing how to use the tools well, right? Not There's no absolutes, okay? You can have fun, you can go in for 10 seconds, you can do whatever you want. But I was getting in there being like trying to get to 30 seconds, not understanding correlation of nervous system and breath to how I manage cold and not understanding at all how it necessarily 
I knew it made me feel good, but I didn't know how it was kind of training me to be more resilient. And I wasn't actually building protocols to get better at it. And so that was a lifelong thing of going to these spas and stuff in my early, I like from 19 years old to 20 something years old, I was like doing all this. And then later on, it wasn't really bubbling up in biohacking. I just got really curious about what people were doing in sports performance and why. And then I heard about Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese doing these things, these weekend events at their house. House. So I don't know if you know who Laird and Gabby are. He's like a big wave surfer, super famous. And his wife is like this stunningly beautiful pro volleyball player, ex-pro now. She's retired, but they have a beautiful family. And they're like, Laird is pretty much like a 14-year-old boy. So he's like in the sauna on the Airdyne bike, cranking it out with like potholders. He's just like crazy surfer. And the it had a lot to do with breathing as well, because surfers traditionally would carry stones underwater to be able to hold their breath long enough. Because when you get housed by a wave as a surfer, you're like, you could be tossed underwater for minutes. And so you need to hold your breath to survive. So it's like all of this training sort of culminated in these weekends that were these XPT weekends. And I went to an XPT weekend and just fell in love with the way that they spoke about hold. And also I was sort of the weaker link in the pool with these like heavy weights walking across the bottom of the pool because I'm a, a, an okay swimmer and I never really surf. So it was all of these athletes and stuff and all of these like, you know, if there were older people there, they were fit. And so I was like, oh, I'm the weakest link in the pool. And the second day when we were going to do ice baths, I was like, I need to hold my weight because like you're only good, you know, if I need to be good at something in this crew, right? It's a little competitive spirit. And I did cold there and I fell in love with it. And I like chased the two instructors and Laird and Gabby around and said, I want to instruct this. I want to get certified. I know you guys are just launching it. When's the next way I can do that? And they said, there's only one weekend and it's full. And I just nagged them basically <laughs> until they let me in. And then, and then got certified to understand breath and cold at a deeper level, met Patrick McEwen. I like to think got a little mentorship from him by going through his oxygen advantage program and writing him a hundred different questions about <laughs> Breath and cold. So Patrick McEwen is like a, a researcher around breath and sports performance and for people who have sleep apnea and asthma and on and on it went. So breath and cold to me are like hand in glove and cold just skyrocketed everything I believed about myself and health and well-being and ways people could shift. Like let me, you have biohacked a ton and I have as well and health optimization tools and practices in nature and we use our intuition and I would you know, wholeheartedly say we have a level of expertise in what biohacking is and how to apply it to ourselves or to other people that can make drastic and amazing change. And I have effed up so many times by like not using peptides the right way or doing something, just doing, you know, taking DHEA. Like I've made so many mistakes because this is part of the process as you grow personally in the health optimization landscape. And there are no two modalities I've ever used in all the wins and all the fails that are as effective and as efficient at transforming somebody's mindset as using tough work and cold exposure together. And to me, that's like where I was like, this is, this is, this is the money shot. This is like, this is the, this is the pinnacle. And, and, and doesn't, I don't, by that, I don't mean any, it's better than anything. I mean, quite often I can use those tools as a gateway to make wild effective change in people's lives because they see some instantaneous shift and then they're willing to apply the longer term, harder shit. And that's not to say cold isn't hard. It's just to say you can get in an ice bath for two minutes. You can get a huge rush of biochemistry 
and really see what I think is the most important point of ice baths, which is like understanding that your own capacity is vast and great. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. I have done cold therapy in a variety of ways, probably arguably probably every single way that you could do it. And I still struggle with it because it's still a mental challenge for me. And I, I think it's like this with a lot of modalities of when you fall off the habit of doing it and then you start again, oh, it's like painful. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I really hate this, but I'm going to continue doing it. And that's kind of the zone I'm in right now. However, I do the cold therapy I do every single day right now is I wash my face with cold water in the morning. And that is non-negotiable and like the coldest the tap will go. There's multiple reasons for that, mostly because I just find that my skin is a lot healthier than using hot or warm water. But it definitely has that little moment of, oh, okay, I'm awake now. <laughs> like this is really cold. But I'm curious for people like me who've maybe fallen off of it and then they do it again, or someone who hasn't tried it, what is the breathwork recommendation that you usually give? So if I'm going to go into my ice barrel outside or do a cold shower for 30 seconds, what breathing technique would you recommend that is going to make it the most, like the easier for me and easier for me to handle? Yeah, great question. And I get asked it a lot. And, and a lot of it, the reason people come and ask me is because we're seeing lots of different ways to breathe before you get in cold in the world, right? And I will start by saying, you know, thinking about safety or considering that anyone can breathe however they want before they get in cold. But there are definitely ways to make it easier, like you're asking. And there are also ways that you can make yourself lightheaded and dizzy and fall over. And so I always encourage people if they're thinking about doing any intense breathing exercises before cold, that they're like seated or they're laying down. So just to put that out there, I like to start people, especially beginners, people who are readapting and I know you just told the story about how you're like, okay, starting again. And I will just say to you, like, I went through like three and a half weeks of pneumonia and I, I almost three full weeks of not plunging at all. And I had to start warm with warmer water, just meaning like 50 degrees instead of 38. And then that's time. And like, there's no shame in this and it's okay. And it's also like right now I'm still readapting to kind of maybe where I was, but it's useless to look at the past. And it's also someone was like, oh, it's great. I feel like I've fallen off though. And I'm like, Hey, this is part of the adventure. It's like, it's like learning with fresh eyes again, but knowing more. And so I, I just want people to know out there, there's two key things I think you would fo focus on for getting into cold and making it easier. And the first thing is I want everyone to hear this part, which is the first 30 to 90 seconds. Okay. 90 seconds on the outside. Yes. Some people take longer. Some people take less, but 30 to 90 seconds is like, that's the crux of the hard part. And by that, I just mean cold shower is a little bit different because you're being pelted with water. Sometimes it feels a little more intense. But getting through the first 30 to 90 seconds or working your goal to that, because once you get to that part, you can stay in much longer. And, and not that that long is the goal, but I'll have people in an ice bath at 30 seconds be like, I have to get out, I have to get out, I have to get out. And then 30 seconds later, a minute later, they're like, I'm going to shoot for five minutes today, right? And And, and you wonder why. There's a pivotal shift there and it's because the nervous system and the breathing has correlated and downshifted them or what I like to call the turnover. 
enough that they're like, oh, okay, physiologically they've shifted and mentally they've shifted. I think that the the merger of those two, this thing that I call the turnover, is a beautiful moment where people are like, oh, I can do hard things. Oh, my body is adapting. So that's part one. And then part two is how do you breathe? And what I really like to do is set people up, beginner or just earlier in their cold plunging career, to start like this, which is standing next to the tub or facing someone if you're going to go in with someone or you're lucky enough to have someone coaching you there. To just get people to ground their feet into the ground, gently touch their lips together, together, let the words and the thoughts and the preconceived notions of what's about to happen fall away best you can. I know there's anticipation. And take just 15 seconds, three to five breaths, maybe 30 seconds at the max to breathe in and out through the nose so that it's like long nasal exhales. So whatever you breathe in, let's say you breathe in for two, you breathe out for six, you just double the exhale. And mostly people aren't listening to me when they're next to me on the, like at the tub because they're, they're freaking out or they're nervous or whatever. So all I just tell people is nasal breathing, longest nasal exhale of the day without hesitation or out expectation, best you can step, step, step into the water. And that to me is, that's what it's about. That's what life can be about in some way and stepping in and then getting all the way into the next. If you're getting into an ice bath or a body of wild swimming water, et cetera, because you want to get the body submerged. So you send the signal for it to regulate faster for you to be adapted in that moment. Again, you're not going to stay in the water for 20 minutes. You're deliberately going in for a few minutes and maybe it's just 30 seconds and 30 seconds can be a win. But once you hit 60 or 90 seconds, there will be a physiological shift where you go, wait a minute, why did it just get easier? It will happen. And so that's, it's like a comp, a compilation, right, of the breath and getting your body in there and setting your, yourself up for the right approach that gets you into it. And I think excited about it. Oh, I completely agree. I think about the cold water baths I did last year at this spa place called Othership in Toronto. Oh, I love it there. Oh my God. I love it there. They yes. just opened a second one in another location and they're opening in New York in May. I know. I know. Oh. Othership is like, I talked to them about investing. Like that's how serious I was about them because they, I, it's, I'm just obsessed. I'm completely obsessed. Anyway, so I was doing uh, their cold dunks and their, you know, cold baths. And it's so true. I, you know, there's the clock and you kind of see how long you're going for and stuff like that. And you just drop into this place where you're no longer you know, frantic, hyperventilating, whatever you might be. And you come to this place of like calm energy and it's really hard to describe it unless you've done it. But it's exactly like you said, like you need to kind of wait that one minute mark or maybe 90 seconds in order to feel that. And I have actually taken my mom to other ship a few times and it's so beautiful to see her go and she cries every time and it's like this emotional release and it's, you know, hot cold therapy is really beautiful. And she, when she does her cold dink, her cold dunks, she's up to 45 seconds now. So she's still in that zone of, oh, I, like, this is a lot. This is hard. I got to get out. Like, I, you know, I, I'm panicking and I, and she's working on it, but I'm just like, you got to get over the hump. And once you're over the hump, and you're in that zone, you'll be okay. You're going to survive. 
And the hard thing is yeah. you only can learn by doing because people never believe me that it's, they'll be in up to their chest or their, their armpits. And then I'll be like, get in up to your neck. And, and, and they either, they either think because they're distracted nervous system wise, they're, you know, in a heightened nervous system state that they think they're up to their neck, but they're not because you just lose proprioception or they're like, no. And then at some point you got to take the hard no and let them be out. And then, then you have to say to them, you just got to get to like that 60, 90 second mark. So your mom is so close. But no, you know, and it's, again, it's like no shame. You just build up to it where you get, but once you cross over, people are like, oh my God, it is easier. And I'm like, I know, I said it. I keep, I promise I wouldn't lie to you. I promise I just do this from love and kindness, you know? So your mom's like almost there. And and I think, you know, most people in general good health that don't have a contraindication can get into 40, sub 40 degree, which is like, let's say, Four, four degrees Celsius, something like that, water, and do two minutes in up to the neck, no problem. Like that's real with a good breath cadence where someone might be, you know, the goal is surrender. The goal is not to do what I see. So I was just in on it yesterday and like full on leaning into Austin by getting a membership at on it. And it's a great space with great coaches that I watch some of the dude energy that is going into the ice bath there. And, and it's just, like I got yesterday, I went, I did a pre-training workout, a pre-training cool session. So I went into the ice water for three and a half minutes before I did a training session there. And I got into the cold and I typically get in pretty calmly because I'm trying to mimic being calm and stressed and set myself up for success in life. Like we don't get in ice baths to get good at ice bathing. We get good. We get in them to get good at life. And so I got in calmly and I stayed my three and a half minutes in the middle of my three and a half minutes. Somebody got out of the little like you shower off, you know, before you go in. And then uh, this guy got in and he was like, you know, I was like a couple minutes in and he stayed in for probably a minute, not much more. And like I was, he got out and he was going to go to the sauna and I was like getting out of my tub and he just walked and he was only in up to like his chest or his armpits. And he walked by and he was like, oh my God, you're a Viking. And I want to say that guy. Like that's flattering and cool. I'm like at on it and these guys can all like bench press, you know, five X what I could ever do. But the, but the reality is that somebody says that to me to be like, Oh, you're a Viking. And yes, well, that's like flattering and cute and funny. That guy has total capacity to do what I just did. He's just not understanding the, the, to peel back the layers on how, or just how to stack like his breath, his nervous system, his mindset and everything to just do it. And, I'm not that girl yet, although I have been in many, many places just on it was like my first day there to be like a lot of times, especially at these conferences, Brittany, I like jump in where somebody's like got a cold tub, but it's un, it's unmanned. And I'll be like, see someone go in and start to freak out a little. And I'll be like, hi, what's your name? And I just like sort of, I abruptly like lay in my coaching if they, they feel open to it. But I'm still like not quite new enough to do that to be like corralling the dudes that on it. <laughs> Them tips, you know, I just didn't want to be like, I don't know what the opposite of mansplaining is. I didn't want to be like, you know, explaining to them and being like, hey, how is it easier? I didn't want to be that girl, but yeah, but it's, it's doable. It's like so doable. Like we are stronger than we give ourselves credit for as human beings and barring other contraindications. Like we can do these things and they directly apply to like, you want to kiss the girl, marry the guy quit your job and do your dream. Like they directly parallel to being able to do things like this at small scale, parallel to what we can accomplish in life and our understanding of how amazing we are. Yeah. The mental aspect of cold therapy is massive. And I have a few people 
because I'm kind of in this more like preconception, pregnancy, postpartum area of life right now. And I have a couple of women in my DMs who are biohackers and they're using cold therapy to mentally train for birth. And because they're planning to do, you know, no interventions, anything like that, home births. And they just said like, this is building my mental resiliency because Every time I go in, I go in for a couple of minutes. Obviously, they're pregnant, so they have to, there's like a limit, a bit more of a limit for them. And they play within those parameters, but it's still the daily or every other day habit of it that is like training them. Oh, I can do this. Like I can survive pain and I come out the other side and this is just a phase and it will end. And it's just interesting to take something so simple of let me just be really cold for two minutes. But hey, this is training me to give birth unassisted. Like, I just think that's a beautiful thing. And I just love hearing stories like that. So I guess my question is, when you talk about stacking it, right? So you talked about cold therapy and you talked about breath work. And then the last thing is the mental aspect. And this is so important because what do you tell people to think about during those two minutes? Like, how do they train the brain to be like, I can get through this, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. We should shout out the little, not a disclaimer, but I think it's important to say there's a lot of, if you go to a Western doctor, they'll talk about contra, ice bath is a contraindication for women who are pregnant. And I, 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 I have women who show up who have never ice bath before, who have really worked with IVF or something to, con- to get pregnant and wanting, you know, to conceive. And so I, I do say a lot or often enough on podcasts or in writing, I will talk about, you know, if you haven't cold plunged before and you're pregnant, like maybe just wait because I don't know. And because it's, we're trying so hard to get pregnant these days and our, our pregnancies aren't sticking in the way that they, they used to. I think, you know, a lot of different factors for that. That's another podcast, but I, um, I do, I do see more and more women plunging in various levels of pregnancy or just postpartum, even to deal with postpartum depression. I do think that like, it's everybody's autonomous choice. I would never say do it or don't. It's not my body. It's other people's choices. But women in, in, in Finland and Scandinavia and the Baltics and Asia have been like doing cold plunging of some kind, even short duration, wild swimming when they are, you know, they're pregnant, but also they had practices before, right? So they know kind of what their blood pressure is doing. They know there's no adverse effects and all of that. So I like to shout that out because I think there's a lot of conversation going on about well, can you or can't you or no or yes? It's like, it's know your body and know what's going on and know what your practice was before. And I think there's so many beautiful opportunities. Lindsay, who runs and owns BirthFit, did a bit of ice dipping during the last few months of pregnancy because she was so uncomfortable and then in postpartum and it's beautiful to see. So that's, I just wanted to put that out there before we talked about sort of the mindset piece. And I think the mindset piece to me is what it's part of the reason I love to plunge or wild swim or cold water dip or whatever you call it. I don't feel like there's a lot of other places than you can be than in the present moment, at least not in the beginning of your practice, right? Like I can maybe, you know, do my grocery list in my head while I'm in there, but I want people to be hyper present if they aren't already. And where I'm really getting people to go is not to a mindset, but from a mindset, because when I'm sitting people and now it's like I've put over 3,000 people in one-on-one and I've done many many groups around breath and cold so I see it I can see what's happening in the nervous system and we, we all have some ability to do that too like if we're just 
watching a lot of bodies in space. And so it's not the mindset that you're trying to get people to shift to that I think is important in the cold. I think if people get in and they respond one of several different ways, but they respond in the cold, how they likened how they respond to stress in life. And sometimes they look up at you like a 10 year old kid. And sometimes they're like, help me. And sometimes they scream a curse. And sometimes they laugh, which is so interesting because those people tend because an ice bath is the microcosm of human exist of their human existence in life. This is why I'm so honored to do the work. Those people who are like laughing, they typically are the people who mask with humor or try to keep the mood light if things are getting stressful. And it's beautiful to see that correlation. But what I'm trying to do or what I want to do with people are I hope that people and your listeners can understand even more is getting in the cold gives you an opportunity to notice what that is, to try and gain awareness around what your responses to stress or cold water, et cetera, and then to re-regulate to a mindset of, I'm okay. I have capacity to do this. I'm incredibly powerful, right? And I can be surrendered in this space and really tap into my nervous system and tell it it's okay by using my breath. And that, to me, is the place that we want to get people to, which is a more, let's say it's likening it to a state of calm in the midst of the storm of the cold, right? And so it's like, kind of downshifting the mindset because where they go could be like freaking out or I have to get out or, Oh my God, or, you know, really understanding how stressed they actually are. Sometimes women or men or anyone will get in and either cry or yell or it's not always like that dramatic, but that's because they either have too much of an allostatic load of stress or they're not facing things or, you know, for everybody it's different, but stuff comes up in the cold and it's totally beautiful and it's totally okay and it's like, how do we reel back the mindset of I'm not good enough, I can't do this, I have, you know, my self-worth isn't where it could be, and how do we really like step into our fullest capacity? And I think that's, that's a long answer, but that's the shift that I want people to remember is you can be ever present with exactly who you are in that moment. And for bad meditators out there or people who even hate long breathwork sessions, you want to be present, like there's, that's the place, right? Step into a cold shower and be like, damn, I'm right here right now. Yeah. Nothing else to think about. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. And I, I definitely can relate to that. I don't know if I've ever thought about anything else <laughs> during cold therapy. I think a lot about my breath and, and just slowing down. And then I usually like try to listen to my heart. Actually, like I feel like I can feel or hear my heart beating more and. And there's tracks out there, like there's, there's music people like to listen to. And then Othership actually has an app and they have, I think it's 25 or 35 tracks that are guided cold plunges. I recorded six of them with Othership. So I'm on the oh, app. Nice. People can plug it in and listen and be like, all right, here we go. I'm going to listen to Kristen tell me what to do for probably five minutes. I'm telling you what to do in three minutes you're in the cold. And it's not just me, right? You want to find different guided breath work and cold tracks that, you know, appeal to you. So there's other practitioners there that I, I know and love. And yeah, we, what I like about this breath and cold community, we feel pretty interconnected and non-competitive. And it's, it's like you talk about Othership and Robbie Dent, who's the founder, is just an epic, epic man with a beautiful story. And yeah, I love to see good things happen to good people and, and growth of getting people into heat and cold and, and breathing in a way that serves them. Yeah, I love that. I had no idea you were on their app. I had it for a little bit. I should re-download it. Yeah. And, and take a listen and have you guide me through <laughs> my, my cold showers. Um, yeah, that's great. If people want to connect with you and work with you, 
how can they do that? And, and where can they find you? Yeah, for sure. They can find me at wellpower.life. My main hub of a website. I also have a website, sherpabreathandcold.com. If you're just looking for breath and cold experiences, events, and an instructor training, we are up to 180 instructors in North America and the Caribbean right now that are Sherpa Breath and Cold certified instructors spreading the gospel of these tools. But you know, none of us are out healing others. We're just providing the education to people and coaching and facilitating so that people can heal themselves. And that's what I really love about these tools. And then for women who are listening, I have online group coaching program called Warrior Woman Mode, and it is 10 modules all around biohacking and a monthly call with a group of incredible women. We have a retreat coming up in April, so I'm very excited about that. We're going to do blood work, talk about labs, and 20 of us will go off into the mountains of Colorado and just, yeah, throw ourselves into cold and, and really enjoy the time together talking about biohacking and sleep and, and everything we need. So they can find me there. And the last place is Instagram, biohacking.breath.cold. That's where I share all the silly antics as we all do and try not to take myself too seriously. I love that. And that retreat sounds epic. Good job. Like, oh, I'm doing it with um, Lauren Sambataro. We actually I have like announced it to the group, but I haven't even announced it really publicly yet. So you're getting the scoop right now. <laughs> good, good. No, that's great. And I, I love to see you guys collaborating like that. That's That's just such an awesome combo of both of your expertise. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was awesome. And I just feel like I just learned so much from you. And we also just have so much in common. So I just, I really loved this episode. For sure. Thanks for making the conversation great. And I'm so glad we're connected. And I can't wait till you come to Austin and we can, we can kick it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.